Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 152nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I have to, like, re... I have to adjust my setup here. I neglected to do that before we started recording. Oh, we've only been here for two hours. Yeah, well, yeah, you get caught up in conversation, you know. Um... How you been? Uh, I, uh, great. I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, I just, I'm just like robotically programmed to per- be perpetually great to tell you I'm great. Yeah. But it's true. That's great to hear. Um, Kyle, longtime listeners of the show will know that we've discussed the seasons on this podcast before and uh, it's hot right now <laughs> oh i did i genuinely didn't know what you meant by that the seasons <laughs> like, like yeah like, season three of the missouri sports podcast no 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 the seasons uh like weather wise oh, okay i know what that is too months and whatnot yeah it's uh it's so incredibly toasty yeah and i have been a big proponent on this podcast of summer as a season and i still quite enjoy it but i am over it you're done this year and every year that i get older that's how time works i feel more over summer earlier in the summer every single year i do myself a disservice by i start thinking about football season too early i start thinking about just those crisp fall evenings Mm. around the campfire or something yeah and i do a lot of campfires in the fall oh yeah big campfire (laughs) guy i start pining for those moments yes and it's like june 13th and i'm like oh god i got a long way to go <laughs> yeah so that doesn't but. usually hit me till more like end of july early august yeah but. We, yeah we're definitely getting to that that dog days of summer though mm. where it's like okay i've had enough of this the good news is we're not uh short on talking points this week there's a lot of mizzou news uh we're going to talk about jim sterk we're going to talk more about oklahoma texas we got recruiting talk new football uniforms new basketball court maybe Mm-hmm. Lots to talk about. Uh, before we jump into all of that, I need to remind everybody that uh, you can check us out on YouTube. If you're just listening to the show on uh, podcast feed, uh, you can see the video version on YouTube. If you're already watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. And we would really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. That would help us out a ton. And... Um, Special shout out to one of our Patreon supporters, Ryan, for upping his pledge to the $10 level. That means he is eligible for the Fantasy Football League coming up soon. Uh, we are still taking entries for the Fantasy Football League. Um, that The deadline to sign up is the end of August, August 31st. Does August have a 31st? Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Missouri sports pod, sign up at the $10 tier that automatically enter enters you into, makes you eligible for the fantasy football league. And then if you stick around past that, you'll eventually get merch and stuff like that. So there's lots of cool perks there. Uh, shout out to Ryan for upping his pledge to the $10 level. We appreciate you very much. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's just jump right into it. I have a few just like tidbits of news. I don't know how we want to organize this, but there's just like a couple things here that won't take very long to cover. So I figure we'll just get those out of the way. Throw them at me. Uh, football recruit Joshua White released a top top four 
excuse me, top four schools <laughs> of Mizzou, Ole Miss, and Nebraska. I get I get emotional talking about uh, football recruiting. <laughs> Joshua White, Kyle, tell me about him. Oh man, I'm struggling after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much listed what it, what I know about him. I mean, six five, two sixty five, defensive end from Georgia. Um, I feel like he kind of came into the picture pretty recently. Um, had like a top school of like Memphis, uh, which is just really bizarre for a high three or I guess he's a four star on rivals. So um, that's good news. Certainly good news. Yeah. I mean, I kind of I like the competition there for Missouri. Seems like a guy that we ought to be able to get uh, a football recruit that we would have liked to have gotten to come to Columbia. Jaden Scarlett committed to Texas A&M, despite the fact that Mizzou won his Twitter poll with thousands and thousands of votes. Well, he probably knew where he was going at that point, right? I would assume so. And he was like, I'm going to throw out this Twitter poll yeah. and just see what happens. Yeah. And he was probably like, oh, whenever Texas A&M was like way last out of the three. Yeah, but he probably bought into the propaganda that Texas fans skewed it to Mizzou. <laughs> You're you probably know. right. Yeah, he fell for it. Yeah. Well, we will always have that to hang our hat on that True. we won that Twitter poll and basically ever, every other Mizzou-related Twitter poll that's ever existed. Yeah. Well, good luck to Jaden in uh, in the SEC at Texas A&M. We'll see you on the field eventually. And then uh, a little bit of basketball recruiting, uh, top 100 recruit, biggest uh, target for Mizzou in the upcoming class. Aiden Shaw released a top six of Kansas, Iowa, Maryland, Arkansas, and Mizzou. We knew a uh, top schools list was coming, and we assumed Mizzou would make it, but it's just uh, good to see that confirmed. Yeah, this is pretty much a, a list of all the schools he's visited. So no big shock here, but uh, I, I definitely get the feeling that he's going to make his decision pretty soon, maybe even in, in August maybe. So this is, uh, this is a very large uh, recruitment for Missouri. Um they got to land this one, but obviously that's some pretty stiff competition. Yeah, the good news for Missouri is that Kansas has other players that maybe uh, they would rather have. I mean, they would take him. They would take uh, Aiden Shaw and Mark Mitchell, for example, but um, maybe there's not quite as much room on that roster. Uh, Arkansas. I was about to say, how many players does Arkansas have? Seriously. They're recruiting half the players in the country, yeah. including half the transfers on the transfer portal. And they're totally content. They don't. It seems like Arkansas kind of gives out the vibe that they don't really care if they land high school recruits. Like, no. it's not as crucial to their, you know, plan. Right. Their how they design their roster. Yeah, they're just going full transfer mode, and it's worked pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know very much about Iowa or Maryland. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully uh, Mizzou can land a big one there. Okay, Kyle, I'm going to let you make the call. Are we talking about Jim Sterk next, or are we talking more about Oklahoma, Texas joining the SEC? Uh, i got quite a bit on Jim Sterk, so let's just uh, we'll talk about this SEC realignment stuff. Well, we talked quite a bit about it last week, but there's new uh, information coming to light. Um, just today, it was announced that the SEC voted unanimously to extend an invitation to Oklahoma and Texas. And if you don't know what unanimous means, that means everyone voted the same way. Thank you for explaining that. I mean, we're in favor of it. So 
Texas A&M, where, I mean, they were, like, making public statements against it within the last week. So I don't know if they just were like, all right, we're the only team that's going to vote no on this, so I guess we'll just stop being big mad. And Yeah, I mean, it could be a situation where they just wanted to get their thoughts out and let it be known, you know, hey, this isn't cool. See if anybody would agree with them, and nobody and then did. they were just like, okay, fine, we're over it. Like, <laughs> okay, we'll take the money. I've got no big deal. SEC is all about unity. Oh, true. They, for- they, they just forced everybody to vote yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the power that the SEC, like, uh, higher-ups have compared to the Big 12 is just, I don't know, it makes me feel better as a Mizzou fan that Mizzou is not going to be, like, left you know, fending for themselves. If some of the bigger schools want to do something drastic, it seems like Mizzou will be along for the ride, but they will not just be like kicked to the curb, which seemed like a total possibility back in the big 12 days. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at this point, I mean, we can, we can very clearly say Missouri made an incredible move in 2011 by jumping ship when they did. And it feels so good to know we are safe right now. Yeah. And you know how like you know how nervous some of those fan bases are right now, like Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Missouri could very easily Iowa be in State, that same situation. Oklahoma State. Like yeah. those schools, man. They probably had the chance to get out. Maybe when Missouri did, maybe go somewhere else, but they didn't. And, and some of that was because they were tied to Oklahoma and Texas. Imagine Oklahoma State. Like if they had any kind of like opportunity to go to the Pac-12 back then and, and couldn't because of Oklahoma, and now Oklahoma's just leaving them? I mean, yeah, if anybody's big mad, it's probably Oklahoma State, yeah. and they probably have a right to be yeah. if they really thought they were, like, tied to to Oklahoma right. in this legislature that bar- yeah. that, a clear, that apparently does not exist. Uh, yeah, supposedly it was a big deal, you know, back in uh, Conference Realignment 1.0, and now it's like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. I had a something from Dave Matter on Twitter that I wanted to pull up. Uh, he was talking about the vote. Oh, that's just where I saw that it was a unanimous vote was from Dave Matter on Twitter. Um, it seems like it basically like the timing of this is all all of this had already been worked out ahead of time as far as like the SEC knowing that Oklahoma and Texas wanted to come. They knew that they could get the votes to extend the invitation. They knew that they would accept. It was all already done, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. It's just now becoming public. Uh, what also came public today was sort of the timing of it, and that's an interesting situation. So Oklahoma and Texas are both tied to a TV deal with the Big 12 that expires in 2025, and they have basically, through this agreement with the SEC, they have committed to joining the SEC for the and playing sports in the SEC for the 2025-2026 academic year. What percentage do you put it at? The way they that's when they that's the year they actually start playing sports in the SEC. I, I, it seems like a zero. Yeah, it's got to be less than ten percent for yeah. sure. There's no way that all of this hubbub happens and then they're just like, okay, we'll see in four years or whatever it is. Um, yeah, they're going to find a way to get out of that contract, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, the, I saw, yeah, they could, I think it would cost them like $80 million to 
like get out of it, which is a lot of money, but not for those two schools. And uh, especially when you consider, you know, they'll do kind of like a cost benefit analysis of the money that they'll make in the SEC uh, in that same time span. But also another thing that would void the contract is if the Big 12 falls apart before then. Yeah. <laughs> if all the other schools come up with agreements to join other conferences or they figure out what they want to do and they're like, okay, yep, we're just ready to move on now. Yeah. Then, Do you think that's part of their plan? Maybe just kind of like put this out there and be like, yep, we're doing this. I mean, Hopefully everyone else disbands too. I think pr- maybe that's like a, an idea that if it works, it works. Yeah. If not, those institutions could plan. be thinking yeah. like, well, the Big 12 might fall apart and then we don't even have to worry about trying to buy out of it. But the, the Big 12 should try to at least seem like they're going to stay together to just get that money out of those schools. Mm-hmm. What a mess. It I'm is so, a, it's a mess. Like, I, like, I can't be more happy that Missouri is not oh involved man. in this. Well, then there's the whole situation where... What is it? The, the Big Twelve is is mad at ESPN for yes. conspiring to get them to go to the all those teams to go to the AAC or something. Like, what is the? I don't even know. Well, honestly, ESPN slash SEC Network did not do themselves any favors by just being like, "Yeah, we're all for this. Like, yes. this would be incredible." And here's how it could work, and let's make it happen. That basically, was, that was my first indication that like, oh, this is le- this is legitimate. Yeah, was when they were so outwardly accepting of those rumors last week or whenever that first started coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I just can't. <laughs> I can't believe how. I mean, some of these schools are going to get screwed. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. And Kansas might be one of them. Yeah, that's fine. That's exciting. Bill Self, man. <laughs> just going down with the ship. Yeah, I mean, if he, if those like uh, NCAA recruiting violations can't get him to retire, though, I mean, it, he might be coaching that team till he's like a hundred years old. Might as well. What happens to the SEC Big 12 Challenge? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that probably won't be happening. It's going to be the uh, SEC uh, AAC. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's still going to happen this coming season yeah. for basketball, so that'll be really interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that we are going to, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, holy cow, that was the beginning of not maybe not the end but the beginning of a massive landscape change for how college athletics are going to look for the rest of time (laughs) you know things are just going to be so different with how conferences are set up and i mean is is this the beginning of the end for of the ncaa maybe it'd be so interesting to peek behind the curtain or like peek forward in time to like 2025 when all that is has to be done and what it would look like very interesting stuff buckle up yeah it'll be fun to watch it all uh, unfold and we can just kind of sit back and relax because yeah i mean mizzou has their spot in the best conference in the country all right uh let's see here you want to talk about those new football uniforms real quick yeah if you Um, haven't seen on twitter or on instagram Mizzou's got some new threads. Yeah, some of the football players were posting pictures of themselves in the new uniforms. Um, overall, I, I like them. I think they look pretty nice. The numbers are a little like bigger, a mm-hmm. um, little wider, thicker, you could even say, maybe. 
um what okay. k <laughs> one thing i think they had like a couple of stripes on the yeah. shoulders that i've yeah. seen that it's a little controversial some people don't like them but uh i for the most part i really like it one thing i maybe wished that it said like mizzou on the front i think mm-hmm. they took the letters off the front so right. to me it, it just looks, got the little tiger head logo oh yeah it looks a little bit uh generic, generic or mm-hmm. empty maybe yeah. but for the most for the most part i'm I am not one that is has a creative eye really anyway, so I'm probably not the best person to ask, but I like them. Well, funny you should say that, Kyle, because we actually do have someone in the room that has, a, I would say, you know, a pretty good creative eye. Or two of them. Yes, that's true. And that is our very own producer, Cameron. Uh, producer Cameron, thanks for coming on to talk about design with us. Uh, we'd like your thoughts on the new Mizzou uniforms, if you, if you would. Well... Okay, hard, hard and that, was, that was producer Cameron <laughs> Man. analyzing the uniforms. We'll see you next time. I didn't prepare a statement for this, but well, yeah. I really like them. Okay. Um, they're very crisp and clean looking. Um, I kind of hope that they do have a version that they used somewhat in the season that has Mizzou hmm. on the front of it, because I do like that. Um, the Mizzou word mark is mm. very nice. Word mark, that's an official term, I'm sure. That's why we bring you here. That's why we pay <laughs> you the big bucks. So you're saying I was I'm I'm validated in my oh, opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, great. Uh I couldn't help but notice that the sleeves remind me of the on the the sleeves on the white Mizzou jerseys remind me of the white Chicago Bears jerseys with the yeah. stripes on the side. Mm-hmm. I could see that. But overall, yeah, I think I agree with both of you. It's a good look. It's kind of like a classic. Uh, nobody's going to be, I feel like nobody's going to be looking back in like five years and be like, oh, geez, remember those uniforms? Mm-hmm. So there may be a little bit on the safe side. But uh, Mizzou is obviously a Nike school, and there will be alternate uniforms, I'm sure. They'll be able to throw in something a little bit more flashy every once mm-hmm. in a while with some like all-white looks, throw in a white helmet every once in a while or something like that. Or, you know, when they go all black. I don't know. They've just got lots of possibilities. They'll come up with something flashy to stand out, I'm sure. I'm kind of a helmet guy. Mm. That's, like the, that's like the first thing I really look at. First thing that draws my yeah. eye yeah. is the helmet. They've been doing a pretty good job of mixing it up lately. Obviously, it seems like they're going back to the Block M helmet as, like, the standard, which mm-hmm. I think is a, is a fan favorite, obviously. Right. But then sprinkling in those, the Tiger Head logo and, like, a few other things uh, from time to time makes makes good sense to me. Uh, Tristan in di- in the Discord was uh, sent us a picture of like a tiger drawing that's kind of like that classic tiger mm. head with the hat on, but it was like an updated version of that that he wanted to see on the side of the helmet. I thought that looked pretty good. A little throwback. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about design, let's. Conzo uh, Martin posted a video on Twitter that maybe has me more excited than I should be because it looked like they were doing some remodeling or refinishing or something on the Mizzou Arena floor. And if they have been listening to the folks out there and kind of, you know, seeing what people are saying on social media and stuff, maybe they figured out that people are ready for a new floor. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're doing a pretty big renovation of, like, the locker rooms and the facilities and stuff, but maybe most importantly to us fans who don't see the facilities is the floor and how it looks on TV and god i hate the way the floor looks right now like i'm just not gonna sugarcoat it like i just don't i don't like it (laughs) i don't like the way it looks 
it looks like mustard and i think the lights maybe make it look even worse than it really is like Mm -hmm. the it just accentuates the the brightness of the yellow and not a fan but yeah they did the new practice floor maybe a couple months ago beautiful yeah and they posted a few pictures of that on social media and everybody loved they got plastered with like everybody saying like do this on the real yes so (laughs) it may not be the exact same design but i really don't think that it would it would be hard for them to make the current floor worse in my opinion so as long as they just change it yeah i'm fine with that yeah lighter wood sorry i just kind of went in on lighter wood throw the state outline on there yeah and yeah i'm with you yeah i think i've said i think i said this a couple months ago when we talked about the practice floor but the not only do i just not like how the current floor looks it's just in my mind synonymous with losing like kim anderson era that's what i think of so i just want that all the way out of there i don't want to see it again the new football uniforms to bring it full circle uh look like they are kind of like a nice counter counter uh part to the basketball uniforms basketball uniforms have the nice like edging with the yellow no i mean gold i mean gold (laughs) and uh black like around the edges and i don't know it's just like a very crisp clean classic look yeah and it seems like football is kind of going that direction too i like it i like a cohesive uh brand branding color (laughs) scheme all right. Uh, also, they could uh, put black seats in instead of yellow. That'd be really cool. Oh, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to call the seats gold. They're yellow. They are. <laughs> All right. So the big news of the week, if we're ready for it, uh, Jim Sterk, Mizzou athletic director. Former. No. For, well, no. he's, he's going to wait around and, until they get a replacement. Yep. Which uh, is, is part, of the, part of the story. Yeah. So he will be stepping down once they find a replacement. So... I don't know. If, I don't know if we need to go through the whole timeline of how the information came out, but basically, there was some worry that maybe there was a scandal brewing. You know, if your athletic director, who has seen quite a bit of success, um, is stepping down, you know, maybe there is uh, some kind of bad publicity going to be following shortly after. But since he's sticking around until they find the replacement, and it's just a, you know a very cooperative thing, it seems like. Um, there's been sources cited uh, by Dave Matter, among others, that say there is not a scandal that's going to be uh, that's going to come forward any minute now. So it seems just like uh, it seems to me that Mizzou is just trying to capitalize on where you know kind of where they are in the college athletics landscape and potentially make a splash higher. Now that's not as exciting as like making a splash higher for a coach for the average fan or even more diehard fans it's hard to impress people with an athletic director hire but uh it's important yeah jim sterk has been successful uh i think we'll dive into where he's had his mo- the most success and where he kind of faltered at times but it's it's not as exciting as a coaching search but we've got an athletic director search on our hands yeah it's it's not that exciting really to from a from a fan's pers- perspective but it's an important piece of uh, the success of the department and the the background for the, the happiness and success of, of the individual sports and coaches. I mean, they want to be able to get along with their athletic director. So um, that's it's a very important piece that maybe gets overlooked a little bit by fans, understandably. But, uh, yeah, Jim Sterk, um, been here since August of 2016, 
had an interesting experience, uh, Mizzou. A little bumpy of a ride at times, some interesting moments, some good and some bad. Uh, but I kind of, I guess, just kind of wanted to outline a few of those good and bad moments that happened um, in his tenure. But um, right now, I mean, obviously, football's in a great place. Uh, the fundraising, fundraising is at an all-time high. Uh, Coach Eli Drinkwitz looks as promising as anybody uh, leading the team. I mean, things are going really, really well. Um, a couple of good things that happened in his tenure. He made some good hires, I think. Um he hired Larissa Anderson, who's a softball coach. They've been fantastic. Um, he made a couple of key firings in Kim Anderson and Barry Odom. And now, obviously... <laughs> tough decision tough when, decision he, when w- he came in to fire Kim Anderson. Yeah, I think you... We were talking about this before the show. I think you actually said something like if they could have hired a seven-year-old that would have fired Kim Anderson. So your point, well taken, that anybody would have made that decision. But still a good thing. Uh, Barry Odom, on the other hand, was a little bit different of a situation, and that was a, I think that was a tougher call, especially from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, B- Barry Odom was was well liked, I think, and obviously the last season he was here was disappointing, and I think the expectations were high coming in. Um, recruiting was never great; it was okay at times, but okay at best. Okay at best, yeah. I, I can agree with that. But the last season, it seemed like he had some continuity. He had some good things going for him. They started off amazing and then just crash and burned halfway through the year, the Kelly Bryant year, if you remember that. And then Oh, I remember. He, you, you remember. Yeah, we were all there. And then Barry Odom's gone at the end of the season. And I remember, I, I remember some mixed feelings about that. Um, but ultimately, obviously, looking back, that was the right decision, I think. And I probably would have agreed with that at the time. Just because I feel like Barry Odom as a head coach, at least at that time in his, in his career, didn't really have like the upside to be able to be successful like in the way that we would expect it. And so I think that was the right call, even though that was probably difficult. But, you know, and then after that happened, after that news came out, we kind of heard about the not great relationship between Jim Sterk and Barry Odom and his, and his agent, Jimmy Sexton. So behind the scenes that seemed like maybe a little bit easier of a decision for Jim Sterk than maybe it looked like from the outside because yeah. of how difficult their relationship was. Right. It seemed it seemed kind of like neither one of them uh, cared too terribly much about getting along with the other. <laughs> like neither one of them were trying yeah. very hard to and, make it work. And Jim Sterk didn't hire Barry Odom. Right. That was obviously a coach he inherited. And if you're in his position and you're like, okay, coach, uh, do you want to try to make this work or, or not? You know, I'm not saying that it was that cut and dry, but if you're dealing with somebody that you didn't hire that's not performing to the standard that you are wanting to see and they're difficult to work with, in your opinion, then you got an easy decision. And you didn't hire them. Yeah. So that, yeah, it, looking back, it seems like it was probably a little bit of an easier decision for Jim Sterk than than we probably felt like it was, but still not something you like to do is fire, right. fire somebody. Yeah. Um, I think that ended up working out better than we probably could have hoped at that time. And as not well. and not necessarily due to Jim Sterk, though. No, and we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, I guess the only other thing on the good side I wanted to say was that he walked into a pretty bad situation, honestly. Uh, Cam Anderson was the coach when he got here of the basketball team. The football team, he inherited Barry Odom, and they weren't very good either. So kind of a firestorm of of things that he walked into and i definitely think the athletic department is in a much better place now than it was when he got here yeah 
Um, so you could say that he stabilized the athletic department. I think you could say that. Yeah. I think he put Mizzou in a position to where they feel comfortable saying thanks for your hard work and you put us in a good spot to go hire somebody even better. Yep. I agree with you. All right. Let's talk about the bad. Um, I wanted, I just wanted to flow right into this or when I was talking about it earlier and you kind of started to bring it up as well, but, uh, yeah, uh, the football play, the football program is in a tremendous spot right now. And a lot of that is because of coach Eli Drinkwitz and, Coach Eli Drinkwitz isn't necessarily here because of Jim Sterk. No, no. It was not Jim was, Sterk's guy, and, necessarily. And that was quite the debacle um, in that coaching search when, when Jim Sterk brought Blake Anderson to the board of curators and said, this is my guy. And they said, no, thank you. Oof. And we're going to go find somebody else that's, that's more impressive because we're not happy with that hire. And you can imagine how that would affect his relationship with the board of curators. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, if you're them you're losing confidence in him pretty much immediately right like oh geez and so imagine like you know you're you're in charge of the athletic department but are you really right and so if you're a jim sterk you're kind of thinking like oh uh, that's not an uncomfortable that's you don't have the the belief from your bosses that's not a great feeling yeah um so and, and even going oh i mean when they when they went and interviewed coach Trinkwitz, uh pretty sure like a couple of the board of curators like went with Jim Sterk because they didn't necessarily trust him to lead those interviews. It sounds like so not, not a great situation. And if it were up to Jim Sterk, I think Blake Anderson would be our coach right now. And he's at Utah state now. Yeah. And that was a, that was such a crucial hire. And I mean, to think that it was that close to being Blake Anderson, who was talked about as being like, on Mizzou's list, on their radar, he would get an interview, stuff like that, and that was all totally fine. But it seemed like we just got to a point where we're like, okay, like, who's the bigger name here that we're going after? Because there was like three coaches that it was just like, is this really the top three right. on your yeah. list? I feel like Blake Anderson could have come here and we would have been like, fine. I don't think that was like a terrible hire. But it was underwhelming. Yeah. And we probably were, were much happier now than we probably would have been if Blake Anderson were here. Yeah, absolutely. Another um, thing I would consider bad, and you might be, be able to rebuttal this a little bit, is see what I can do. Conzo Martin's contract. And seven years, $21 million for Conzo Martin. I mean, the, it, the, I, the buyout guarantee situation is just is, an ironclad. Yeah. For, like, for four years, he's not going anywhere no matter what. Four or five years, you could even say he's not – there's not a chance in the world he's going anywhere no matter what happens. And I think that at the time, like, of his hire, we were – I think I was excited about it. You know, he's kind of – seemed like kind of an up-and-comer. He'd had success at some of his stops. Mm-hmm. Um, had success in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Had success in the state of Missouri. Yeah. From East St. Louis. I was happy with the hire. Um, so on if you're just looking at the hire – I think that I think that you could say that was a good hire. Absolutely. The contract, I'm not sure I would say that was a good contract. Yeah, I I would agree with you. However, I think it's important to note that Mizzou basketball as a position was not very desirable in that moment. And if you were going to be competing with any other like similar tier program for a coach at that time, then you were going to have to make some guarantees 
to that new coach via the contract that would make it a more appealing job. And it seems to me like that's what they did. That's what that resulted in that contract with the, with the guarantees and the buyout situation the way it is, because maybe just your more run of the mill average contract does not land the caliber of coach that Missouri needed to get them out of the Kim Anderson era. Yeah. I was fine with, I guess from that perspective, I was fine with him just saying, this is our guy and we're going to do what we can to make sure he ends up here. And I do think there was an element of maybe they're battling Illinois for Conzo Martin. I do think that was possible. Illinois was looking for a coach the same year we were, and they obviously hired Brad Underwood. And there were a handful of teams that, you know, the coaching carousel was in full swing. And there was, you know, many names that fans and writers wanted. And it definitely seemed like Jim Sterk knew who his guy was and went and got him. And uh, I wouldn't say, like, made him an offer he couldn't refuse, but had to make sure that the offer was competitive considering where Mizzou basketball was and it could have been a different guy you know it it could have been completely flipped and Brad Underwood could have been Jim Sterk's guy could have been Tom Crean could have been Tom Crean uh (laughs) and I think the contract situation would have been the same probably it was just like this is the offer we're gonna have to make to land the person that we really want it would be really interesting to know the behind the scenes and if there were other programs trying to land Conzo Martin and uh, if there was like some negotiating there had to have at least been other programs at least pretending like they wanted him yeah if you know for their own sake you know so that they could say to whatever coach they actually wanted like yeah you know we've got other options right I didn't want Conzo Martin to go to Illinois because I didn't want to recruit against him yeah which seems a little laughable now (laughs) but maybe not oh man (laughs) I wanted Tom Crean that was my number one guy I really liked the idea of Tom Crean, and he did get the number one player in the country. He uh, did. To come to Georgia. Yeah, I mean, he's had a rough go of it at Georgia, but good Lord, who wants to be the coach of Georgia? Seriously. That's a tough... Georgia basketball. That's a tough uh, program to win at. Yeah. I thought that was a a perfect example of an SEC football school elevating their basketball program. Yeah, I mean, the whole SEC basketball conference did that. I mean, there's a... The star power of coaches in the SEC basketball right now is, like, unlike... Yeah. anything the conference has ever seen yeah the sec just as a whole decided to just go spend on coaches on right. basketball coaches and it has worked arms race. pretty well yeah some of them have done that like multiple times in that yeah period um okay uh, <laughs> yeah i did th- these are a couple of things that didn't really fall into like the good or bad category it was just kind of like maybe strange <laughs> or notable things that happened in the jim sterk era yeah and one of those was um, his Jim Sterk's public dispute with Don Staley, uh, the South Carolina women's basketball coach. Yeah. Like that ended up leading to a, a lawsuit. Like I believe that right. they settled in court. Yeah. Over that situation, and I don't really recall. I mean, those comments were public. Were they on Twitter? Or I can't remember where. Or maybe in a press conference, or, or like something? on a radio show, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Press conference. It was some. I think it was like spoken out loud. I don't think it was typed. <laughs> But yeah, there was a back and forth between those two that kind of got, it got pretty heated. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't even remember the details of it, but I feel like Mizzou fans were pretty much obviously on the side of Jim Sterk. And, and I think, I don't know, without remembering the details perfectly, I feel like it was kind of blown out of proportion, but also like by the letter of the law, Jim Sterk definitely was out of line. Probably. But also, you know, who cares? But obviously uh don staley cared enough to file a lawsuit <laughs> fired up the fan base both of them yeah 
um yeah i think i like went to high school or something with somebody who was a big south carolina fan so i was like seeing his his side of things mm. on like you know social media or something and i was like getting mad about it even <laughs> though he was probably right he was probably right yeah maybe um another thing i wrote uh, wrote down which uh i don't i don't really want to bring this up it's kind of sad to think about but uh jim sterk did have to deal with the tutoring scandal which led to just an unbelievable penalty for missouri yeah um and he did the whole like make it right yes. campaign which i'd k- I kind of forgotten I about i would have completely forgotten about that yeah um Thanks so for bringing it up yeah he i mean he just said <laughs> you're welcome he decided to comply with the yeah. ncaa and honestly self-report yeah all the stuff you're supposed to do looking back obviously lie and deny but yeah. at the time it seemed like okay we yeah we, we have this tutor helped uh this rogue tutor helped some kid cheat on a math test or something like surely this is not gonna be that big of a deal and like death penalty um so obviously yeah, at the time i felt like yeah, yeah you he's he's right in just complying just just tell the truth tell him what happened yeah i mean without without hindsight i agree with his course of action 100 percent every single time you know and then him being you know rightfully upset at the ncaa's decision and then like having this whole campaign and appealing it and everything i felt like was the right thing to do it was the only thing to do yeah did nothing right but yeah. you had to, i mean and maybe that like unified the fan base a little bit just kind of getting behind like a, a common cause which yeah. was legitimately uproarious like right. what was happening yeah they could all come together through this injustice but uh the fact remains that we had pretty much forgotten about it until we like went back to review the tape basically right but it felt like such a monumental thing at the time but i don't know i believe that was also that kelly bryant season where we felt like the ex- the expectations were high we felt like there's a chance we could be in a really quality a high quality bowl game at the yeah. end of the season but we're for the division or something yeah. yeah and so it didn't really end up hurting as much because the team was disappointing yeah but it, you know psychologically did the fact that there was nothing to play for factor into anything at all the players and coaches would tell you no but you know just human psychology yeah. would beg to differ we may never know what happened that season or we might um all right i think that was all that i wrote down for some of those weird things but um i guess the only th- the only other little thing i wrote down was just kind of like why why did he leave and uh, we, I mean, the first thing my pessimistic Mizzou brain was, yeah, you know, like what's on the horizon yeah. that we haven't heard about yet? Like what's, what scandal or terrible circumstance is about to be revealed to us, um, in the next few weeks. But I think that I do feel a little bit better about that. Like, um, well, like hearing that he's going to stick around until the next guy's hired and that yeah. kind of stuff. I, I do think that that sounds like that's not the case, but that was the first thing I did think of. Uh, yeah, so I there was a, a tweet from uh, Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that said, um, I'll just read the whole tweet here. He said, Mizzou President Montroy and uh, curators seem to think now is the time to swing big and add big AD upgrade with SEC expansion, expanded playoff, and NIL changes coming. Might be best to start looking at big 12 ADs who could be looking for greener pastures after OU texas bolt and that was on uh that was three days ago yeah and um that was before things were like pretty much confirmed that there was no big scandal coming Mm -hmm. so i think he was right on the money that 
and I, I kind of like maybe wrapped my thoughts up earlier, uh, prematurely, but, um, I can totally see the leadership, you know, basically being at a spot where they're like, you know, we are at a pretty good spot right now. Uh, Jim Sterk, you've done a good job on the whole. And we think now is the time to move on. Uh, thank you for your service. And we will, are going to see, you know, how good this job really is. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, when you kind of analyze his entire tenure and you just kind of think about some of the things that have happened, you think about what is going to happen with the changing landscape of college athletics. It really does make a lot of sense. Um, he's, he's not like old, but he is, he's getting up there in age. I think he's probably 65, 70 range. So he's, um, certainly not super young and he's probably ready to maybe retire or or move on to something else. He's got, kind of a damaged relationship with the board of curators i'm sure i'm I'm assuming like things are probably not the same after that football coach debacle situation um there was even rumors that he might leave for ucf back in february i don't know if you remember that but um i just don't think things have been great with jim sterk um in the last year or so and i think that he was probably ready to move on and I think that the leadership of Mizzou was probably ready to move on. It sounded like that's how it was reported was it was kind of a mutual parting of ways. And I think I really, I think I really believe that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And I think there are, I'm not going to pretend like I know, uh, the names of potential athletic directors, but, uh, one thing that I noticed when kind of just like reading different articles and stuff was how many ADs and like assistant ADs at big programs around the country have worked in the Mizzou athletic department Mm -hmm. and have ties to this program. So it seems like maybe they don't even want to go that direction, but you know, it seems like it'd be helpful to have somebody that's familiar with the programs and there are like almost endless options of people that are familiar with Mizzou and had a, you know, some kind of leadership position in the program at one time or another. Yeah. Um, there are certainly a lot of connections, uh, a lot of options with Mizzou connections and people that have been really successful at their right. current spots. And I do also think that, like you said, or Ben Fre- uh, Fredrickson said, you know, maybe there's a big 12 AD that's, that's looking to, uh, upgrade to the sec while the rest of the ship around him is going down. Yeah. So there might, there definitely, I don't know individual ADs in the big 12, but there, I'm sure there's certainly some, some good candidates. You don't know anybody that we could like call up or something and see what they're thinking. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure we can figure it out. That, that, all that information's public. So yeah, that's it's just true. like, Hey man, or just like call their office. What are you thinking? Live on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Prank call. Them. <laughs> that, should that, be basically. A, that should be a segment. <laughs> oh man. That would not be good. It'd be embarrassing. Um, I did write down, two of the just the most the two names that just make the most sense as far as mizzou connections have no idea what their interest level would be um but i feel like if you're looking for an ad obviously ren baker is like pretty much the most obvious place you turn first he's the ad at north texas and he was the interim ad at mizzou whenever mac Rhodes moved on to baylor so clearly that's a guy that's i mean he's been the ad at mizzou (laughs) before he's a young guy Mm. uh he's been really successful at north texas in the just a few years he's been he's been there i think they're at like all-time highs in fundraising for their football team and everything so um he's doing really well i don't know if he'd be interested in leaving or not but clearly that's that's a call you have to at least make and, and see what his interest level is and then the other um name i wrote down was brian maggard and he is the ad at louisiana 
and he worked for Mizzou football for like 20 years or something like that. So obviously he's a Mizzou connection, and then he hired Billy Napier in 2018 mm-hmm. uh, at uh, Louisiana, and he's been fantastic. He's been a he is definitely an up and up and comer uh, that will probably be moving on to a, a big time college football job at some point. So. The uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Dave Matter, has a nice list in article form. Where does Mizzou look for its next AD? Um, I'd recommend checking that out. Uh, It's, you know, athletic directors are not as much uh, top of mind common knowledge as like coaches and stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, Baker makes so much sense. And I think I would be super happy with that choice. Yeah, he's been good uh, fundraiser and made good hires uh, so far in his career he's only 42 years old so I say go for it that's all I got wow on Jim Sturk Jim Sturk Jimothy we just like you know recapped his whole career basically pretty much if there's anything that we missed or if you have a memory of Jim Sturk uh, oh I got one. Oh, okay what about that Kentucky game Kentucky the pass game. interference yeah, in the end zone. Yes. He yes. Was, he, there, okay. He wasn't too happy about that one. <laughs> yeah. There's a video of him reacting to that pass interference call in the end zone. I don't know who was filming that. It's just some random like yeah. reporter or something. Somebody was just f- filming like a cell phone video in the in the end or close to the end zone yeah. where I don't, the I don't think was. intending to film Jim no. Sturk. He just like happened to be in the. He just happened to be standing yeah. right in front of him. And, yeah. Yeah. So he got to hear what his reaction to that, which Mizzou lost that game in like extreme heartbreaking fashion. So yeah. you can only imagine what he said. It was probably the same thing that a lot of fans said watching it on TV. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's a good memory. You just stole somebody's. Somebody. That's not a good memory, but I mean, it's fun. it was it it's is, a funny thing to yeah, think about. Yeah. It's a funny Jim Sturk memory. Sure, sure. That's what I meant. That's yeah. what we meant. Uh, yeah, but if you if you have any thoughts on Jim Sturk uh, and his tenure at Mizzou, feel free to comment on uh, the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. Uh, we talked about it a bit in the Discord when the news broke. Um, is that is that all the news and everything for this week, Kyle? I feel like we we covered Just, that. We powered through it. Yeah, good conversation. I appreciate appreciate both of you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no problem. All right, producer Cameron, anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Cooper, and Tristan. Let's go. Thank you so much. One month left to sign up to the $10 level or above to get in the Fantasy Football League. Be be here before you know it. I'm going to draft Tim Tebow first overall. It's a league you want to be in. Heard it here first. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.